Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to yet another episode of Auto Central, South Africa's number one motoring podcast. And my name is George Minnie, and I'm, as usual, joined by none other than Wandi Lesishi. How's it, Wandi? Not too bad, not too bad. It's fresh, so I'm uh, fresh and ready for what's ahead. You're looking forward to what's ahead? Yeah, yeah. Every week, every week I'm looking forward to what's ahead. <laughs> Well, in today's, like that. in today's show, we are calling this the Auto Wars episode. We will unpack the reasons why South Africa's auto landscape is run by automakers from the east. Uh, and then next, mm-hmm. by none other than our very own professional uh, motoring journalist, Sean Nurse, who will unpack the sought-after, the all-new sought-after, 2021 Haval Jolian, or Jolian as uh, they call it. And then lastly, as always, we'll be answering your motoring-related questions, all things car buying and selling from our Auto Trader, Ask Auto Trader platform. So, uh, Wendy, what did you think of the race last? The most interesting race I've ever seen, probably in my life. Um, it was full of thrills, full of uh, excitement, full of... You know, you just never knew what was going to happen. So, yeah, fantastic racing. Uh, really unfortunate for what happened to Red Bull. But, I mean, that is racing for you. And, uh, you know, what else can you say? Yeah, I mean. Did you, uh, did you watch the race? I did watch the race and uh, it was exciting. We we're talking about the Hungarian Grand Prix. Uh, um, and, uh, you know, you know what? I, I'm not a Hamilton fan. As a matter of fact, sometimes yeah, it irritates yeah. me. But uh, he, <laughs> drove a, he drove a very good race. I mean, to go from last up to, what did he end up? Yeah. On? The podium third. He uh, ended on P2 technically or P3, but uh, because of, you know, what happened afterwards, he ended on P2. Um, so, yeah, sad for him. But anyways, if you're watching the YouTube, I just want to welcome you all to please just comment on what you think about the race as well. Touch the thing about the show as well. And uh, don't forget to just subscribe and hit the bell icon so we can have more of these conversations. Um, to make sure that we, you know, doing things that you want to hear and not just what we want. Exactly. So let's get right into it. The Auto Wars episode. Why is South Africa run, South African motoring landscape, not South Africa, run by the East? So, uh, so Wendy, what's your opinion? Which automakers run the South African consumer market? Uh, Toyota, BMW? Um, so yeah, those two, those two for me are definitely the two front runners. Um, not just in, in South Africa, I think in Africa as a whole, um, Toyota and, uh, Eastern companies as a whole have just been running the, the SA market. I think that a lot of things have, have come into play there. Um, one, they came probably earlier than any other manufacturer to not just sell cars here, but to manufacture. And I think that's given them the edge, um, versus the other counterparts around the world. I don't know what you think. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the German automakers are renowned for luxury. Um, but I think in an ever, that's true. you know, an ever increasing cost conscious world where the, uh, the income divide between the haves and have nots start to widen, price becomes the, one of the most important factors. And that's where I think the Eastern mm-hmm. car manufacturers kind of have slotted in is because when you think about BMW, Mercedes, uh, VW, you're looking, you know, you're thinking about premium yeah. cars at a higher price. And, uh, and yes, there's a market yeah. segment for that, but, uh, I think the East are filling a gap that is relevant for Africa. Yeah. 
When you are, say the East, are we let's just clarify violence? what the East means. Uh, well, when I say the East, I mean, you know, Japan, China. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so Chinese brands talking about kind of like which brands we're talking about. Chinese brands could soon take over from Japanese brands as the most popular vehicles in uh, in Africa. And the reason I say that is because uh, Japanese brands have dominated brand new vehicle sales and used vehicle imports on the African continent for a long time. Uh, I mean, we all know that Toyota has painted Africa red. You know, with its brand. Um, but a recent study by the Washington DC based, um, uh, company, uh, called Brookings Institution says that mm-hmm. consumers in Africa are very brand conscious and brand loyal for the most part to Toyota. But is that about yeah. change? What do you think? I think it's, it's, it's so hard to say. There's so many things that are happening currently in the motoring industry in Africa. Uh, there's lots of, Firstly, there's lots of investment by companies that are not just from the East. Uh, you know, that Ford, we had the Ford CEO come in and tell us about some of the new investment that they're doing. And then on top of that, there's EV, uh, manufacturers, which are coming in a lot more relentlessly than we had seen the ice, uh, companies come in. So it's, it's hard to say, but I do think that, you know, Japan and China are still going to be the front runners in, in South Africa, at least. Um, and probably in, in, you know, the rest of Africa. Okay, so let's assume for a second that uh, Japan and China are going to be the front runners in uh, South Africa and Africa. So then who is going to yeah. be the ultimate front runner? Because we know that uh, the brand new vehicle market, uh, the Toyota Hilux is king in South Africa. The Hilux is generally the, got the top new vehicle sales uh, records and, uh, yep. um, you know, other Toyota models in that lineup like the Corolla and Fortuner don't follow far behind. Um, so excluding mm-hmm. – Egypt, South Africa, Sudan, Morocco, a lot of Africa is dominated by used vehicle imports. In South Africa, you can't import used vehicles. You can't import them. Sure. Yeah, it's a good thing for yeah, the world. It has to be new. It doesn't become a dumping ground. Um, you know, and hopefully that changes in the future in Africa because, uh, you know, if you, if you want to get rid of your used vehicle mm. stock, just uh, export it to some countries in Africa. And, uh, even with used vehicle imports, Toyota seems to top the charts. Um, mm-hmm. no well, I think that's, it's important to unpack why. Um, I think a lot of South Africans and a lot of Africans see Toyota as being reliable, affordable, and really easy to maintain. You can get parts for the vehicles wherever you go, really. Um, so I think so it's important to understand that. Yeah. It's a pricing thing. Africans are worried about price and they'll be loyal to you if you make sure that the, the vehicle runs really well, is reliable and is cheap when you come into it. Um, and that's where Japan and Toyota specifically has just ran away with it. But now we are starting to see Chinese brands enter the ice market. And uh, <laughs> uh, South Africa is the continent's largest market for new vehicles because we've just, you know, as we've just said, the, the the, the second-hand vehicle imports in Africa are part of uh, the African automotive industry's challenge, I think. Um, and uh, and this particular vehicle called the Haval Jolian that uh, we're going to hear from Sean Nurse about uh, uh, soon um, has uh, has made some inroads uh, by by a, a Chinese company called Great Wall Motors. And uh, in fact, it was the second highest selling vehicle in the crossover and SUV segment in South Africa in the month of June. The Haval Jolian sold 708 units. Mm-hmm. Just 708 one. units, which is insane. It's insane. <laughs> Just 111 less than the Toyota Fortuner. Yeah. Um, let's go back a year when I said um, that the T-Cross was going to be the new king of the hill. It's going to essentially replace the Polo 
um, and be the new crossover SUV giants as we saw that SUVs were kind of running the game. Mm. Um, I said the T-Cross was going to be the, you know, the, the king of the hill. It never, ever happened. It never became number one. And now it has this new vehicle, the Haval Jolians kind of, you know, fight and people are just buying it left, right and center. It's everywhere. It's every- um, exactly. We've, we've kind of seen that it's price. The demand has been so high that the price of a used, you know, demo Jolian is more, sometimes more expensive than the new price. Um, so we're going to be seeing a lot of these things happening as time goes by. And it, it's exciting for the motoring industry and for, for dealerships. Exactly, exactly. So the, the Jolian, Jolian uh, uh, 1D, um, you know, has um, has won by, uh, well, not won, has rocketed by a landslide. And, uh, you know, if we exclude the SUV from the segment, it's actually beaten the T-Cross. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's exactly, it's done exactly that. Um, in fact, I think it's even gone above the EcoSport, which is an SUV, um, or compact SUV that a lot of people were saying is, is kind of going to be the new staple. But the fact that it's, you know, you know, outsold the EcoSport is, is telling me that the Chinese brands are, are kind of, you know, there's this perception that Chinese brands were not going to be the same sort of quality that you get, um, with the Japanese or German brand. And that's not the case anymore. People just want a car that works. And these Chinese brands have changed their perception by giving premium vehicles at a really low price and it's working for them. You know, the numbers don't lie. Well, uh, the numbers don't lie. You know, obviously these are June numbers. Uh, at the time of recording, we had access to the June numbers, the July numbers. We uh, predict that uh, would follow a similar trend. And uh, um, Haval has overtaken Nissan in South Africa in terms of new car sales as well. So, yeah. uh, uh, you know, Nissan, Nissan sliding to Haval. So, um, you know, um, with EVs becoming the new weapon of choice, um, uh, Chinese brands could continue to increase their market share here because, uh, you know, yeah. what are the Japanese in the form of Honda doing when it comes to EVs? Have they missed a step? I think they definitely have. Um, Japan was, you know, the Leaf with the Prius, uh, the Toyota Leaf and the Toyota, and the Toyota Prius were ahead of the game. They completely ran the EV game for many years, but I think the technology was just not there. And when um, everybody else came onto the party, so, you know, the Fords, the Teslas, and a lot of Chinese new brands, um, you know, started realizing that EVs are going to be the new weapon of choice in terms of market share. Japan was just not there. Um, and, you know, we're seeing even now, there's many Chinese brands who are infiltrating even the Japanese market. And that says a lot about what might potentially happen in Africa and in South Africa. I mean, Honda had such a good footing. I, I used to, I used to own a um, um, a Honda uh, Ballard, the um, yeah, the one sixty e Honda Ballard, mm. beautiful car. And then they came out with the uh, um, with the hybrid version of the Honda, which was yeah. a good car. And yeah, I think I, it's, I think it was a good contender against the Prius. Um, um, but yeah. you know, what's happened after that? So uh, you know, it's uh, uh, a journalist by the name of Jennifer Sensiba as a matter of fact, wrote very recently, Honda has been making some utterly boneheaded moves when it comes to electric vehicles and plug-in hybrids. So that's, uh, that's Jennifer's opinion. And, yeah. uh, um, you know, are they, are they really losing their grip? Um, you know, or should I say, is Japan losing its grip when it comes to uh, the future of electric cars? It's hard to say. It's hard to say because, you know, we are reporting off, I'd say, 
about a year of, of data, specifically June data, and we're seeing that that's the case. Um, when we go to another South African staple such as uh, Bucky's, the Haval P-Series, another Chinese uh, brand came in and is now second in terms of sales for um, for double cap. So across the board, it seems like China is is making a huge charge for providing quality vehicles to their consumers at a really reasonable price. Um, and with that kind of recipe, not even the German companies can kind of uh, compete with them. Well, I mean, is the is the is the quality up there with the Germans in terms of BMW, VW, and uh, and Mercedes? I, I don't think it might be there yet, but the price point is so palatable that you're willing to give up some of that luxury uh, um, that the German cars may have over the uh, the Chinese vehicles, right? I mean, surely, uh, you know, it's <laughs> going to be hard to trump BMW, Mercedes, and VW. I would like to agree with you, but fortunately, we do have, you know, Sean is in to come in to kind of review that exact model, the, the, the Jolian, and tell us um, that exact, you know, if that's the case. Um, but the way that people are picking up this vehicle, it doesn't seem like price is the only factor. The well, speed, let's, let's um, Sean, the way that it's coming is, is, is astounding. Let's get Sean in here. Sean, uh, Sean joining us uh, <laughs> Uh, from left field. Um, <laughs> how's it, Sean? Um, Hi there. Um, thanks for joining. And uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Sean Nurse, uh, our expert journalist. And uh, um, as a matter of fact, uh, you know, Sean gets to drive all the cool cars like uh, uh, Porsche Taycan Turbo and uh, Porsche 911. And, um, you know, is all the, um, all the, all the There's a lot of Porsches going on. <laughs> going on there. But but recently, Sean, you drove and uh, and reviewed the 2021 Haval Jolian. I hope I said that right. And uh, yes. Wendy and I were just discussing uh, whether the Chinese uh, are actually um, going to take the Japanese spot um, from you know the likes of uh, Toyota, uh, Nissan, um, et cetera. And, uh, and are the Chinese going to lead the South African and African market into the future? So, so maybe a little bit of an, uh, an insight into, and we were also just talking about the quality of the, uh, of the, uh, the Chinese brands. And, and I said to Wendy, you know, at the price point, is China, is, are the Chinese brands really as luxurious as VW, BMW, and, v, and VW? Uh, what did I say? VW, BMW, and Mercedes, sorry. Um, uh, you know, and, uh, uh, and, you know, Bondi was challenging me on the fact that maybe the, the, the quality is up there at a lower price point. So, so tell us about this 2021, I love, I love, Haval Jolian. Well, I have to say, despite, you know, we chat about me uh, driving Porsches and a bunch of other very fancy high-end cars, this has actually been one of the surprise packages of the year for me so far. Um, coming in at under 400,000 Rand for a fully spec product takes on the likes of the Volkswagen T-Cross. The Jolion has been a bit of a revelation for the brand in the local market. I think um, without going off on too much of a tangent about Chinese products, uh, in the past decade that I've been testing cars, I've experienced some really terrible Chinese products, but the way that they've progressed 
recently is just incredible. And this Jolion is definitely the best Chinese product I've ever driven. You just, that's almost impossible to compete with it um, price uh, per feature, you know, um, under 400,000 Rand and you get things like wireless smartphone charging, you get head up display, adaptive cruise control, um, autonomous braking, lane keep assist, blind spots assist. Mm. It's just a full raft of safety um, and infotainment systems. It's just the list is too long to to list. It's just completely fully specified. It's oh, wow. very, very amazing. Um, so, I mean, given, uh, given your, uh, uh, you know, your, your, your like for, uh, the Haval Jolian and the, and the, you know, the way you're describing it, I mean, you're very well positioned to, to kind of compare the Chinese products with luxury German products and, uh, you know, particularly Porsche being very high end. Um, you know, and let's not try and com- compare an SUV to a sports car. So uh, that's not what I'm suggesting. Um, uh, uh, but, you know, forget the, like, because you said, you said that, you know, the, the feature, for price or, you know, the price for each feature. Um, so f- feature specific is one thing. Luxury is a feeling in most instances. Mm. Yeah. You know, what feeling do you get when you get into these cars? Can you really kind of compare them to the German marks or not? Look, um, I think it's all relative with the products that you're comparing it with. So if you compare the, the Jolion to something like a Volkswagen T-Cross, now that's a product that I have found to be a bit too plastic inside from Volkswagen, which is quite disappointing um, when I reviewed that product. But the Haval is obviously not quite at the same level as a premium German product. But if you look at uh, where it's positioned and its key rivals, I don't think it's any worse off okay. in, in many areas. There are a few areas where you have a look at the, the trim and the finish. And it's, it more comes down to, I think, the taste of the, the local market when you compare mm. products specified for South Africa versus products that are perhaps designed and specified for China, where perhaps there's a difference in taste and the way that the materials look. But for the most part, it, it felt sturdy. There was no rattles or squeaks. Um, and it handled uh, often, you know, pockmarked roads pretty well uh, from from uh, my experience. So I, I just, I was struggling to find a, a massive issue with the product, um, aside from the, the powertrain. And there, there was a few iffy things with the infotainment system and the, the autonomous driving systems. But I think a lot of those things, apart from the powertrain, can be... Um, updated with a, a software upgrade and can be fixed. So I was really struggling to find um, a problem with the product, um, especially when compared with previous Chinese products. Okay. So I think, I think one day my question has been answered, you know, uh, for, <laughs> yeah. for where it sits in its segment, it is, uh, yeah. it is, an, is an almost equal competitor. Uh, you know, and, and as Sean points out there, besides the, the, the engine, which you can't change with a software update, you know, if we get to EVs, maybe you can. Yeah. Um, but, uh, 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 but everything else can be improved. Uh, what's wrong with the, what's wrong with the, uh, um, the adaptive cruise control and the lane keep assist, uh, in the Vol, uh, Jolien? So if you leave the car in its uh, default settings, like when I got into the vehicle, it was, uh, set to sort of maximum volume. Um, alerting you of everything so i was kind of overwhelmed there was just these beeps and the car was slowing down and warning me about everything so i went into mm-hmm. the infotainment system and i changed the settings and turned those things off but i also found the calibration of the systems to be um, a sort of generation behind which is is 
is fair play because the other brands that I've been experiencing this technology from have had a generation to develop this uh, this stuff. So I think with a bit of calibration work, um, the systems will be less sensitive to our local uh, road mm-hmm. conditions because, um, like I was saying off air earlier, the South African following distance is a lot different to a lot of other following distances. We can definitely fit more cars into our following distances than in other countries. So the software will catch up. But uh, for the most part, the, the products I drove definitely needed some calibration work. Well, I mean, is this, um, I just have one question for you, Sean. So this, is this going to be the new Polo? Is this going to be, because we know crossovers are becoming the most popular vehicles, no, crossovers and SUVs together are becoming, you know, the fastest growing uh, body type in South Africa. And, you know, I, I don't think it's going to be as, as popular as some of the double cabs and buckies, but is this going to be a contender for the position that the Polo, you know, sits in within the South African consumer's mind? I think they could, they could definitely make a smaller one because if you look at the, if you hop inside a Jolion, it's, it's massive. Like you can really get three people in the second row of seats comfortably, three adults. Um, and it's got a very reasonable boot too. So it's more a Volkswagen Golf. It's more like the new mm. Volkswagen Golf for me. If they build a smaller SUV, like an, a better version of the H1, because that wasn't a very good car, but if they bring out a smaller version, then I think something like that could definitely replace the likes of a Polo or Polo Vivo in the local context. There's actually mm-hmm. another product based on this um, unfortunately named lemon platform called the Haval Big Dog, which is a very weird looking SUV, which they haven't confirmed nor denied is coming to South Africa as of yet. Um, so I urge uh, listeners and viewers to to Google Haval Big Dog. Despite its weird name, it's a very, very interesting looking car. Haval Big Dog. Haval Big Dog. Yeah. Doing it now. Haval yeah. Big Dog. It uh, looks, yeah, like, it looks like an American, uh, looks like an American, like, uh, Chrysler almost. And you know what? It almost yeah. looks like the front of a Land Rover, um, um, the new, um, now oh, the names escaped me. Defender? Uh, the new Defender, yes. So it, it almost looks like uh, a bit yeah. of the front of the new Defender. Yeah, I think if that car came here and they had the the price around the half a million rand mark, they would sell a truckload of those. They're really, really good. Uh, I think they'll be really good for the local market, but I don't know if they'll bring it here. But like I was saying to Wandi, I think uh, a smaller Haval SUV, a small crossover sort of Mazda CX-3 size, um, which is a little bit smaller than the uh, the Jolion, would be you know, a very, very good seller in this market. Very interesting. So uh, this Haval uh, Jolian 2021 model, Sean, what is it? Uh, what is its price tag? So the one I test drove was 398,900 Rand. And that is the absolute top spec. It's called the Superlux. Now, if it was me um, heading into a dealership, you wouldn't be able to obviously get a Superlux at the moment because there's a bit of a shortage of them because it's such a popular product. I would probably go just for the, the luxe, the luxury, because that's 367,900 Rand. Granted, you don't get the 360 degree camera. Um, and you also don't get mm. the semi autonomous driving functions. But if you can live without those features, you still get a very highly specified product for, you know, the price of an absolute base model Volkswagen T-Cross. It's, yeah, mm. it's hard to argue with it. Yeah. So what is your score there, uh, uh, Sean, out of 10? 
What do you think the Haval Jolian 2021 scores? I didn't think I'd give a Haval product uh, an 8 out of 10. Um, but yeah, I'd give it an 8. It's just so difficult to to beat the car on value. It's it's that good of a proposition. I think it deserves an 8 out of 10. Wow, an 8 out of 10. That's uh, that answer. What do you think of that, uh, Wandy? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's exactly where I thought it would be. I've seen a few reviews of it and, and you know, people are raving about it. And we're seeing the numbers don't lie once again. People are just picking them up. So there must be a reason um, why it's why it's so popular. And eight is just fitting. Well, that's great stuff. Uh, thank you very much, Sean, our uh, expert journalist, Sean Nurse, there uh, giving us the lowdown on the 2021 Haval Jolian. And if you want to read anything more, uh, see any expert videos, uh, just head over to autotrader.co.za and uh, go to our news and reviews platform, and um, you'll see many of Sean's reviews uh, posted on Autotrader's uh, platform. So, uh, so there you have it, Sean Nurse, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, see you next time, Sean. Thank you, George. Cheers, Wendy. Ciao, ciao. Thanks, Sean. Well, there, Wendy. What uh, What do you think? Will you buy one? Would I buy one? That's the golden question. I think I would definitely consider one. Um, it would sit very high in my consideration in terms of a next crossover, a next vehicle. Uh, it deserves a test drive. Awesome. I'm going to see if I can get uh, get my bum in one and, uh, you know, get an uh, opinion of my own. So uh, everyday people yeah. send Auto Trader motoring related questions about all things car buying and selling. And so Wendy and I will attempt to ask, uh, answer, ask, ask, answer some of those questions um, uh, from you. So Wendy, what's the first question? First question comes from Yasmin, who's asked licensing and registration. So if I purchase a car in 2020, um, it'll... It, if I purchase a 2020 new vehicle in 2020 and license it under 2020, the NASIS and traffic department will say it's 2020. But if I purchase, if I purchase the same 2020 vehicle and register it in 2021, um, it's registered as a 2021 vehicle despite the year model or the production model being 2020. Um, why does this happen and how does it, how does this affect the value of your vehicle? Um, well, I mean, there's a lot of 2020s and 2021s there, uh, Wendy, so uh, I can I can fully understand the the, the confusion, but uh, I don't feel so bad and stumbling myself. So uh, uh, according to our legislation, uh, Yasmin, um, uh, the car is deemed to stem from the year of its first registration. Now, there is uh, a two particular dates that are important when it comes to a car, and that is um, uh, the, the year of manufacture or the date of manufacture. And then the date of first registration. Remember, the car is almost on um, on ice, for lack of a better word. Yeah. Um, if you uh, if you think about a new car, you know, a new car doesn't span only one year. A particular model will come out and will yeah. last for two, three, four years sometimes um, before it gets an upgrade or a facelift. Um, so, so I, 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 you know, I don't know how important uh, registration date is. However, you point out that the value changes and that it does. So uh, um, the mm. year of first registration, um, if you cross the cusp of the year, which is the end of December, um, um, in, in many instances, a car registered in January is worth slightly more than a car registered in the December before. And it's not, a, not an ideal situation, and it stems from a standardized age classification uh, that exists for insurance mm. and warranty purposes. And, um, you know, if it's any consolation, the window period only exists for the duration of the 
the dealer plates validity, which is less than a month. So in many cases, it means that only cars sold in December will be impacted. So uh, uh, fear not. Okay. Uh, uh, only cars in December will be impacted by this uh, phenomenon. So I hope that answers your question, Yasmin. Uh, next question, Wendy. Next question comes from Mbali, who's asked, how much should I earn to qualify to buy a 220,000 rand car? And how much would I be paying per month? Uh, well, Mbali, um, you know, you do mention in your question that you're earning uh, 13,000 uh, rand a month. And um, we ran the stats through our Auto Trader Car Finance Calculator and uh, used 72-month repayment period, 10% deposit with no residual. And uh, a car with the list price of 220,000 rand will cost you about 3,700 rand a month in installments. These numbers may vary according to your credit profile, so please don't take this as uh, as financial advice. Um, and uh, only guidelines. We're not financial services uh, um, providers. Um, and uh, um, with most financial services providers um, giving a maximum or stipulating a maximum of 25% of your monthly income going towards uh, a car repayment, your monthly salary needs to be about 14,800 rand a month in order to buy a car of 220,000 rand. So you may struggle to get finance for a 220,000 rand car. So we would advise you to set your sights on a 200,000 rand car or below, which seems to fit into your income bracket. Yeah. Um, uh, and, uh, and there's lots of cars out there for those, uh, for those prices. So leave yourself enough of, of a safety margin in your finances as well. Maybe go for something for 150 or 180,000 rand that, uh, there's, there's loads of used vehicles on Auto Trader, um, that you can go for. Next question, Wendy. Agreed. So the last question comes from Marissa who's asked, is this misrepresentation or, or advertising of a purchased car? So Marissa purchased a car from a local de- dealership about two years ago, um, and it was advertised as having an engine capacity of about 1.5 or 1.5 liters. But later on, when she tried to sell the car, she uh, was later informed that the vehicle is in fact a 1.4 liter. So she just wants to understand what's the legalities behind this. Can she go back to the old dealership and tell them that they essentially costed her or made her pay for a car that's 1.5 um, when it's actually a 1.4 liter? Um, what can she do? Well, Marisa, unfortunately, um, you know, we've, uh, we've deliberated internally about this question. And uh, the conclusion is that this is a bigger legal issue than just us giving you an answer. So we can't give you an answer, unfortunately. Um, you know, it's true that the Consumer Protection Act guarantees uh, you the right to information. But the time elapsed since your initial transaction makes it a little bit tricky, we would imagine. Um, uh, and uh, if you don't decide to take legal action, because we think that that's potentially your, one of your uh, only routes, you can start by evaluating your rights by way of the South African consumer complaints and uh, and lodging a complaint there before turning to the motor industry ombudsman, which is another option for you. And if all else fails, uh, legal action. And uh, I would definitely get legal advice on this. Yeah, I think it's a little bit more complicated. I mean, I know, for instance, the C63 is actually a 6.2 litre. Um, whereas a lot of people thought it was a 6.3 liter, but that's something that the OEM was, was very clear about. So it just kind of depends on how this car was advertised. There's just so many different details which uh, come into it. So yeah, I don't, yeah. Think, I don't think we've got enough information to really answer Marisa, but, uh, uh, you know, yeah. our advice is go and seek advice. And that's all we have time <laughs> yeah. for, uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, as a result of that, we've come to the end of our Auto Central show. So my name is George Mee. As usual, being joined by one dealer, Sishi. We will see you next time. <laughs>